I have uh, several friends who have uh, potential rental spaces that have said, you know, since they've heard horror stories from other landlords, small landlords, they would never rent out again. They might Airbnb, but they will never permanently rent out their space again. And they're fantastic people and they would be fair landlords. And that's a couple of rental uh, apartments out of the Toronto market right now. We can't afford that. We need to incentivize landlords to rent out their apartments so that we can get as many people into housing and affordable and attainable housing as possible, right? We've got a housing crisis right now. If we want to get serious about housing and the rental shortage, though, I think it's important that we start clearing the backlog and expediting hearings at the landlord-tenant board. Here to talk about it, Elaine Page. She is a licensed paralegal with Page Paralegal. Welcome to the Kelly Cutrera Show. Thanks for having me. Look, I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of everything, but, um, you know, I follow the storylines pretty um, consistently, and I talk to people who are renting out apartments right now around the GTHA, and um, it seems like a bit of a nightmare, especially if you're a small landlord, you've made an investment in a property um, because of this backlog at the the landlord-tenant board and the fact that... Um, your tenants are aware that there's a backlog. They're also aware that there's a, not a lot of places for them to go and they're playing hardball right now. How did this happen, this backlog? Cause apparently we are at about 38,000 unheard cases with 90% of the complaints coming from landlords. Well, the backlog actually started before COVID. There was a shortage of adjudicators at the landlord and tenant board, which made scheduling hearings uh, really difficult. So, you know, in the golden days, we would get a hearing date within two months um, for basically a non-payment of arrears application. And then prior to COVID, it was taking five months. And then we had a shutdown during COVID. And we moved from uh, in-person hearings to virtual hearings. And all of that entails a huge back end for the landlord and tenant board to set that up. So that's how we got here. Okay. Do we know why there was a shortage of adjudicators? They did not. It's political. So the terms of the adjudicators' um, appointments are generally two years, and they just didn't get hired. We lost a bunch because they were they left or you know were asked to leave, and uh, they didn't move very fast on on filling those voids. Poorly managed system, then. Yeah. All right. So we've got this poorly managed system. In the meantime, we have a, a housing crisis, and we also this system is archaic. I hear that if you make a mistake in the filing, your case can just be thrown out and now you've got to apply to be heard again. Can you walk us through why this is so archaic, this system? So essentially any process to an eviction starts with a notice of termination and there's very specific things that need to be on that notice of termination. It's supposed to be a user-friendly um, process, but, you know, so especially these small landlords that may not have English as a first language, fill out the forms, and if they fill them out incorrectly, then by the time it gets to a hearing, it's it's thrown out. It's called a fatal error, and it's thrown out, and they have to start over again. So, so there's no that. mechanism in, in place to say, hey, you've made a mistake on your uh, on on your paperwork, please, you know, resubmit. No, the legis the legislation does not allow for that. 
Now, why not? It's we're living in a modern world. Why not? I, you'd have to ask the people who crafted the legislation that. But I will say that sometimes people do make errors on applications, and the applications themselves can be amended. You know, we might have a spelling mistake, or a, okay, that can be amended. But that's a legis. The issue you're raising is definitely a legislative um, piece, and mm-hmm. that should and needs to be amended. Okay, um, I, I'm looking at uh, how long. A wait are we looking at now if we wanted to have a hearing? Because you have to wait for your hearing date to be set. And then how far out are we from actually getting a hearing? It really depends on the type of application that we're filing. So, for example, I filed some L1 applications last week, which are for arrears of rent. They're very straightforward arrears of rent applications. And I've got hearing dates in February for those. Um, if we're doing an application where the owner requires their own use uh, or a purchaser um, is, is, is intending on residing there, then, you know, those are still eight or nine months. I have files that are into their second year. Wow. So these are, you know, it's not going to affect all landlords to the same degree. You're, if you're a small landlord and you decided to invest in some extra property, rent it out, you're supplying rental units, and you're caught up with somebody who um, is not paying their rent, you could be waiting years and getting farther into debt um, as you wait for your hearing to actually come up. I mean, that seems that seems so incredibly short-sighted that we're not doing anything about increasing or decreasing the wait time here, getting adjudicators hired so that we do not fail uh, potential renters down the, down the line by, you know, disincentivizing people from becoming landlords. Right. So let's be clear about that. The board, the, there was an ombudsman report that had several recommendations, some of which have been implemented So the board has recently been on a hiring uh, frenzy and uh, have hired, I don't know what the number is, but I know they've hired several adjudicators. And one of the good things that they've done is they've actually hired people to adjudicate who are professionals in the field. So that means they can be up and running very quickly. Perfect. To somebody who's never, you know, dealt with any of this stuff. So, so... Um, that's a real positive move um, that they've made. And uh, I, I have to say, as frustrating as it is, I mean, I have a certain amount of understanding as to why it's taking so long. But what I will say is, on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I've had six meetings this morning, and I've got people crying on Zoom yeah. or phone. Um, you know, they're losing their properties. They're going bankrupt. Uh, and they're just unable, especially with the mortgage rates increase, they're just unable to sustain their rental properties. So what's going to happen? Can they sell them? And if they sell them, are they selling something that has a problem attached to it? Because you've got a tenant that's not going to leave. Selling is incredibly difficult because we have to give the tenant a 60-day notice and then wait for a hearing. <laughs> so who's going to want to buy a property right. where they might not get you know, vacant possession for nine months? Um, so what there's sort of this backdoor industry happening now, which we call cash for keys. Thank you. Let's talk about that. So if people want to close their properties, the only you know one of the only ways to do it 
is to pay out the tenants. And some of the asks are unbelievable. They're, you know, I mean, 20000 is sort of a normal ask, but I get asks of eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000. What? To, to vacate property that you're possibly in the re- arrears for, uh, you want the the owner of the home to pay you $100,000 to get out. Right. How often are, are landlords doing that? They're doing tons of cash for keys deals. I mean, I probably do 30 a month, um, and that's just me, and I've got lots of colleagues. Um, we're not paying out, you know, $100,000, but we are paying out. So it's happening. It's the only way to close a property. I'm floored. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Let's look at the other side of the equation, though. You've got a tenant in, in a unit that's been paying, you know, $2,000 a month for the last five years, and now they've got to go into this market, and the equivalent unit is $4,000. So they're not in a position to be able to find housing, and that's why these big asks are happening. So it's okay to extort somebody? To me, that sounds like extortion. I'm sorry that, you know, if they could legitimately be um, evicted and we've got a problem because their hearing is not happening in a way that it did years ago within a, you know, a couple of weeks, if they legitimately are being evicted, then uh, and we don't have that process to evict them and they ask for money and are holding a landlord to that, that sounds like extortion to me. You you certainly wouldn't be the first person to call it that. Um, you know, I, I I hesitate to use that word because it has legal implications. But um, alleged ex- extortion. Okay, yeah, there you go. The, the, yeah. So so certainly I hear. I want that. to apologize. I'm at alleged extortion. <laughs> it's all good. I do hear that. Um, yeah. You know, probably ten times a day from my clients. So wow. yeah. Well, listen, Elaine. What do you think is is the is the fix? Like, how how long is it going to take to fix what's going on at the landlord tenant board? Hopefully, with the uh, hiring of these new adjudicators, things should start to move along much more quickly. But we're kept in the dark as to what's going on on the back end. So we get a lot of promises, and we don't necessarily see the results of those promises. So I can't answer that. Wow. I am uh, very happy right now. I'm not in your shoes. It must be really difficult uh, talking to people that are, you know, at their wits end, crying to you on the other end of the phone about how they're going to lose their property. It's not just about losing their property. We also have a, a bunch of people who have serious mental health issues who are wreaking havoc in the buildings and we can't get them out. And, and there's been a number of dangerous situations going on because we have to go through the same process with those folks. So it's it's not just about money. It's it's a systemic problem. Wow, Elaine, uh, I, get, I hope uh, you have the strength to carry on and help these people out. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Elaine Page is a licensed paralegal with Page Paralegal. Wow. I mean, this is really a major problem in my mind. The cash for keys... If you have a capacity to rent part or all of your property that, you know, all of a property that you own that you're, you know, you've invested in, have you hit pause because of the backup at the landlord tenant board and stories like this? I want to get your stories and really feel free. If you don't want to talk about it um, with your real name, I welcome you to, you know, pick a different name. Let's open it up and have a discussion of how big a problem this is. 
for landlords, especially small landlords, how terrifying the prospect of renting out your spaces now with the backlog at the Landlord-Tenant Board. So if people want to close their properties, the only, you know, one of the only ways to do it is to pay out the tenants. And some of the asks are unbelievable. They're, you know, I mean, 20000 is sort of a normal ask, but I get asks of eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000. Wow. That was Elaine Page, a licensed paralegal with uh, Page Paralegal, talking about uh, landlords when they go to sell their property, even if it's legitimate. You know, you, you can, you're allowed to sell your property. Some tenants say, I'm not leaving unless I get, you know, the cash and here's the keys. And that's problematic. I think, look at, with these stories, I don't know how you would confidently become a small landlord now. And we have a situation where, look at, most of the places I've rented in my, I think all of the places I've rented in my lifetime, um, have always been a small landlord. And it's important that you have a good relationship with them. Um, but I, you have to be able to say, okay, legitimately, here's your notice. I'm, you know, taking over the property or somebody that I, uh, in my family is moving in or something like that. But now to me, it disincentivizes landlords. And what we need right now in a housing crisis is people wanting to become landlords. Let's go to Peter in London. Peter, welcome to the Kelly Cotrera show. You're a small landlord. Yeah, Kelly. And I, I'm grieving because what you're discussing is completely like the story of our situation. Well, what's going on in your world? We've had to try, we've wanted to get out. This is a retirement fund for us, this piece of property we've had for 15 years. And we've been trying to sell it for two years. And well below market value, by the way, the average house sale is over 600. We're at 400,000. Wow. But we have a particular tenant, it's a duplex. We have a particular tenant that refuses to be reasonable. And we're like unwilling landlords being forced to hang on into this business. And it's so frustrating. They demanded 17000 cash for keys. That would have been literally free rent for five years living there. Wow. So have they stopped paying you rent as well? No, it isn't to that point. Okay. They hold this sort of Damocles over us, knowing that the Landlord-Tenant Board is completely dysfunctional. Right. So you're you're in agreement that one of the quickest ways to fix this is let's, because legitimately you can say to somebody, look, we're selling the property, you're going to have to leave, but you've got to get it to your hearing in order to do that. Are you in line right now? We're not. No. I mean, a, a, a... prospective buyer comes in, sees that they can't get this tenant out. Right. Yeah. And we're stuck. I feel I feel so badly for you. So what's your course of action then? Well, this will be the second season we've tried to sell. Yeah. We'll continue to try to sell. I mean, our course of action is obviously the relationship has become toxic between us and the tenant. So everyone's watching, you know, any mistake, any overstep when we used to have a good relationship. And, uh, oh, well, we'll threaten you with a charge at the board, but the board's so clogged, you'll die before you ever get in there. So it's horrible. 
I feel for you, Peter. I, I really, I appreciate you calling in and I, I hope that it's, uh, it's, it resolves without really hurting your, uh, finances. This is your retirement. I, that's just, it's heartbreaking. Hey, Josh in Brampton, I know you're a renter. Um, what, what is your, uh, situation? I lived in my place for like 15 years. I was paying like 1100. Then all of a sudden, now it's the big boom. The dollar of rent is going up. The landlord came to us. All the tenants is like six apartments in the building. And he wanted us out. He's saying he's moving family in. And, uh, but, you know, he, he moved, he rented it out for, as soon as we moved out, he put it up to $3,500. So a lot of these stories from the landlords, they don't really want the tenant to move out. They want the tenant to move out, yes, but they want to make more money. They want to yeah. rent it for more money. Sure, but they they can only do what they're allowed to do, and they know that you know tenants are right now keeping them saying, "Well, go ahead, take me to the board," uh, and and they should if they can do that. But if you have a if you have a rental unit um, that is built after two thousand and eight. You can raise your rent as much as you want. That's that's the law, and that's unfortunate. I've I've been in both situations. I haven't been in the situation of being a landlord, but I'll tell you, it's terrifying. I know people that are in the situation of being a landlord, and they they have done it in the past. They've rented out basement apartments. They will never do it again, and that is taking supply away. And so I think we have to clear this backlog so we can make sure that landlords are on the up and up, tenants are on the up and up. And that we increase supply because otherwise, you know, we're just going to keep hearing stories like Peter's and it's just a heartbreak. And I feel for anybody who decided this would be their nest egg. I really do because we're in different times. 